It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Monday Night Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400 DWS. We are with you until 6 o'clock tonight with the phone line open, 356-9397 is the number. Matt Daniels is here, Scott Ritchie in the studio with me as well, and we have a Bob Osmussen sighting. Freshly cut, haircut, and everything. Good to see you, Bob. Good to see you too, Steve. Hi, Bob. Hey, how's it going? Good. You yeah. didn't, I didn't recognize Scott. Did you? I did not recognize him. Do you want to defend yourself, Scott? No, I, no, mean, I don't mean it in a bad way. I just his hair's longer than I've ever seen it. <laughs> well, so. It's longer than it's been in approximately 15 years. That's how mine was until Saturday. He gets this comment every day from Jim Rosso, Bob. So oh, really? So you're used to his, immune to it? Yeah. I saw that picture of you, Bob, uh, the before and after. Wow. That was shocking. Yes. Me, to me, too. Way down over your ears, kind of curling up in the back. I was trying to go da- old, full Dave Lone. I just couldn't do it. I just decided it was really uncomfortable. I haven't had the lo- that long. It, that was as long as it's ever been in my it looked life. looked like a 1960s photo. Yeah, <laughs> I was going for the Beatles look. These guys want to know who they are. But, oh, wow. <laughs> Believe wow. it or not, I've heard of the most <laughs> famous band ever. So I was, I was yeah, and it was funny because every night well, I'd, I'd get cleaned up, I'd combed up my hair down in front of my face. It was like hanging out, no, and my kids just laughed. So it was good for fun. But I feel much better, more natural now. Scott and I can just leave, and this could be the Bob Osmussen. No, no, no. Talk show. No, no. It's good but, to see you, though, Bob. No, yeah, you guys too. It's been, what, three months? Three and a half months. Three and I, half. I last saw you the Monday after the NCAA tournament got canceled, Bob, in our right. our downtown office in Champaign, and haven't seen you since. But like I said, good to see you. And I was, here yesterday, I was here yesterday, actually. Oh, okay. Came in for a few minutes. Just walking around. Just yeah, I just wanted it. to see where everything was. I, did, I had no idea what the studio was. Okay. So some, somebody showed Well, you me. found it, so good job. I'm good, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm with this. Plus, I got my Braves mask on, and so I'm I'm all good to go. Um, I want I want don't want to be political or anything, but I will always wear this, and mostly because I'm polite, and uh, you know you care I, about other people. I care about other people. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not again not trying to make anything political, but why anybody? So if you don't wear a mask, I'm just I'm not going to go on a long diatribe or anything. If you don't wear a mask, basically you're endangering me, mm-hmm. and that's all you really care about. I'm kidding, <laughs> but no, I have I have pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. Hard word to say, and I've got a couple. Like every time they read the list of things that you can't have or this will get you, like it's like okay, me, me, <laughs> me. Okay, and I don't want that one. So it's like okay. So again, if you're out there in the public, you see me, I'm probably going to be wearing mask. I will be, and hopefully you are too. So yeah, I mean, uh, that's kind of common. Illinois, as as more Illinois athletes get back here in, in Champaign-Urbana and 
Today we saw some women's basketball players uh, at Memorial yeah, Stadium, cool. Illinois volleyball players as well, as they kind of go through the, the prelims of uh, all the protocols they have in place. All the images that we see coming out of it are all these athletes who are you know young, healthy, vibrant, college-age student-athletes. They're all wearing masks. Of course so they're, they they're setting a, a good precedent with that and, and a good message with that, so uh, keep on doing that. Plus, it's a fashion statement. So I've got my Braves. I actually got three. These just came in the mail today. So I got three Braves masks, gave one, one to Hank. So I'm, I'm good to go for the rest of the week, I guess. So What's your backup mask? I got another Braves one. <laughs> I, got, I got multiple Braves ones. Um, Julie kept buying different ones. that was like, no, nah, I want something kind of that says me. So And actually, the Braves is perfect because it says A, so auspice, and it's kind of perfect. Well, he's thought this out. He looks, I have. A, he looks a bit right. like a movie star there with his sunglasses on, well, too. Well, yeah. Sunglasses and a mask. <laughs> so, yeah. Traveling incognito. Correct. Well, let's talk about football season. Okay. And every day things change as far as what we think might happen. But obviously, uh, as you look around the country, more athletes are testing positive. Correct. From the schools that are announcing that. Reporting not, that. Not everybody is, and I get that. But that's going to happen. Uh, Steve, don't you think, without name names, don't you think that could have happened here at Illinois? Don't you think there are athletes that ever tested positive? Yes. Okay. Scott, you think that, right? I mean, just based on the math. Yeah, math. Exactly. You have Someone like did. 700 athletes, 700 athletes coming from all parts of the country. I think that's very possible. So I know you've been tested. Yeah, either, yeah. either one of you guys. I have not. No, I have not. No. It's fun. It's really actually. I, I said this before. It's really overrated. It's not nearly as bad as as you might think. But from what you hear, I think I'd rather not do it if told not to, if I didn't have to do it. If they have a pr- finger prick or something easier, that'd be better. But this, it's fine. And the people doing it, first of all, they probably don't get any joy out of that, and they are great at it. So I went to Carl. It's like I'm just like it's like you're done. So it's awesome. So I I think it's one of those things. Again, everything that so the players are having to do this right, mm-hmm. constantly right, and I think that's. I think I would like them to tell their stories like that. I'd like them to say, "Hey, I had a test. It wasn't that bad?" Or maybe even somebody that, I wrote about this for the ball. Mm-hmm. Somebody that survives COVID nineteen and comes out of the other side fairly healthy. It'd be great to they could say, "Hey, you know, I, I made it, and I'm I'm good." And hopefully, if you get it, you'll be good too. I think that kind of message is really positive to me my point was going to be that that you may be positive and not know it or have any symptoms right and that's my guess with most of these athletes oh i'm sure they're not feeling bad yeah i mean i mean clemson came out last week and said that 37 football players have tested positive which is a third of their roster but their their athletic spokesman also said that none of them have been hospitalized and i don't know the exact number but the majority of them were asymptomatic and not showing any indication at all that they had this so that just kind of shows you too how how random this this virus can be as well so i know illinois state uh, randy reinhardt from the pantograph today had a story up he talked to larry lyons the athletic director over there in, in normal and they said they tested 160 tests at one positive right. i think it was a football player also indicated in that same story too that in discussions he's had with josh whitman illinois athletic director that uh, they have not talked at all about the season opener for both teams which is september 4th here in champaign being postponed at all all indications are that game is on and is going to be played as of right now that's how they have to plan exactly 
But we've also seen how quickly things can change. Well, one thing, you guys mentioned Clemson, Matt, this is a 37 people. I'm going to say something kind of weird. If you're them, you got 37 guys through, through this. Wouldn't you maybe in some twist away feel like better about where you're going? I mean, you're, you're, we've got a 30-year team has already been, been through this thing. You hope or pray or work or assume that maybe they're okay for the next X number of months. Not that you want anybody to get it intentionally, but I would say those 37 guys are, have to be feeling a little bit better about where they are, I would assume. Maybe that's wrong. I'm not sure what the, what the science is on that. But if I'm their health people. I'd be saying, okay, now let's go. Let's move on and hope the other 63 or 73 don't get it. But these guys are seem to be covered. Yeah, I mean, and, and Josh Whitman has said it before, and, and so has Randy Ballard, the director of sports medicine and, and the DIA, that they understand and are well prepared that there are probably going to be positive tests here oh, yeah. in Champaign-Urbana among the student-athletes that are coming back, and that's why they have – such strict guidelines in place as of right now and how they go about managing that will really kind of serve as a not a test run but just how they can better be prepared for hopefully when the fall sports season does uh, start you know in, in late august early september whenever those those games can officially get going let's hope we had an interesting conversation on Saturday Sports Talk. Kent Brown was here, talked about a lot of things, including the logistics and how things might look different, uh, where will the cheerle- cheerleaders be, where will, will the marching and line I be. And uh, Scott Ritchie, uh, most uh, likely there won't be any reporters on the field at any time during the game. And you know how you guys go down to the locker room, the, how the locker room post-game situation is going to work is is all up for grabs up in the air. And they're making plans accordingly, but it's going to look a lot different. Yeah, and post game with Lovey Smith, we could probably social distance. Uh, we could write it right now too. In the in the room that that's used uh, for players, though, uh, with the the you know, the opening of the Smith Center, we've gone from a small room to a smaller room. Right, and it's not really a room. It's and those a, are a lot, lot of a, group, you know, yeah. situations. And you know, save as Brandon Peters, there's a. a like three concentric rings around him of people yeah. you know, listening in. Uh, so I doubt that's going to you know, be the same you know, this fall. So it'll be, I guess, I mean, I don't know what just you know, a, our job will look like, you know, with your fingers crossed games actually happening. So uh, it's a big question mark in a lot of different areas. Just have sports. a Zoom postgame call. Well, I think that's what they about that, yeah. yeah. I think that makes sense. I think what you do is maybe request instead of a, 15, 20, like we usually get requested, maybe more like five. So maybe you could get Brendan Peters and Matter of Baby and a couple of other key people, and it's probably more limited. And maybe you have little breakout rooms. You could do whatever. You can do a bunch of different ways. The main thing is going to be keeping those players safe, and of course, my, in my mind, keeping us safe too. There's a pretty good chance that the uh, the media will not even go downstairs. We'll we'll stay in the press box, cool. and that that would be some kind of uh, Zoom or some kind of audio connection. Mm-hmm. At Lauren least. will sneak in. Just trust me. Lauren will be there. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think Lauren will follow proper protocol and, and, and guidelines that are that are in place. That'll you know. It's again, this is too inside sports journalism, maybe, but you know, covering college football. Sometimes the most exciting parts of the game are in the final few minutes. Obviously, you think back right. to uh, last season at Michigan State. When I was Scott Ritchie for the day, because Scott was over in Arizona, and I had to kind of 
yeah. uh, do some emergency relief in that. To help. And the Wisconsin game. And the, exactly. Uh, you know, you're sitting in a press box throughout the whole game. You have a completely different view and you're able to get your work done. And in today's day of day and age with social media, you're able to live tweet and interact with people on social media. And then you get down to the field and you don't have that great vantage point that you used to have. And so it could be, you know, I don't think sports media or sports writers will complain all that much if they don't have to leave the press box by a certain time to take the elevator, get it down to the field. And if that's obviously for the interest of everyone's public health and safety, that, comes first and foremost it may not look or sound different on television and radio but it will be different in the way the games are produced we don't know exactly how that will happen but there's a very good chance that in some cases the the telecast the television version of it the announcers calling the game may not even be here i think they won't be yeah i'll be surprised if they are i think you might have obviously you're gonna have to have the camera people that's kind of critical but i think other than them I'm not sure who you need there. Well, you've seen how the PGA's been doing it. Right. They've got one guy. Jim Nance has been the guy at the tournament. But right. they've had, they have production um, units. Oh, everywhere. East Coast, New West Zealand. Coast. Yeah, it's like. All over the place. And then a couple of the other announcers are working out of uh, the Golf Channel headquarters in Orlando. Right. So you could see something like that. And Major League Baseball, uh, I believe that the – the guys like Dan McLaughlin, that does who does mm-hmm. the Cardinals TV games, um, they will not be traveling. They'll get okay. a they'll get a video feed. They'll be somewhere in St. Louis, mm-hmm. working off that video feed. They'll still have a the telecast on Fox Sports sure. Midwest and wherever the Cubs are going to be too. And uh, that's how my understanding of how that's going to go. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. And obviously, we've never experienced anything like this at all. And uh, yeah, the the camera people are going to be uh, essential. You'd have to think for an Illinois football game at Memorial Stadium. But how, who, what other uh, essential personnel is let inside Memorial Stadium is going to be very intriguing to see. And then again, too, we don't know if fans are going to be in, involved right. in, in any of these games yet. And if they are, what that's going to look like right now. Well. BTN's already done broadcasts yes, for mm-hmm. yeah. volleyball, baseball, soccer, right. baseball. I think someone's basketball where they're not yeah. actually at the you know, arena or field or stadium or whatever. So, I mean, there's experience you're doing this. It's maybe yeah. not the it could be done. the ideal way uh, just because being there is, is different and better. But yep. sometimes you but can't tell. But if you watch closely, and you really are familiar with how telecasts work. You'll you'll notice that. There, there's, some, there's some things you can't see well, yeah. it's gonna be when interesting, you're in the studio. I think, uh, it's going to be interesting, I think, too, for uh, you know a guy like Jay Lehman who, who calls games for BTN and you get that high view up above mm-hmm. in the press box where you can really see everything in, in terms of what the defense is doing, the alignments they're in, the protections, things like that. Again, I don't know what type of camera angle he might be working with if he's calling games from home or a studio or anything like that. You'd have to think maybe he gets that end zone view where you can see all 22 players on the field, but that's going to be a different way for him to digest the game as well. I'll say because TV follows the ball. Yes. And uh, analysts like Jay Lamb and like Martin O'Donnell from mm-hmm. radio uh, don't always just focus solely Follow on the linemen, ball. right, yeah. So it's, uh, it'll be different. It is 525. We need to take our first time out. Monday Night Sports Talk. If you'd like to join the conversation, feel free to do so. 356-9397 is the number. We'll talk more about the upcoming uh, sports seasons and more when we come back after this. Stay with us here on DWS. 
Welcome back to Monday Night Sports Talk. It is 528 with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. I'm Steve Kelly. We're with you until 6 o'clock tonight here on DWS. And our third annual People's Choice nomination process continues. Find out more at newsgazette.com, news-gazette.com. Show some love for your favorite local businesses. I'd like to uh, step away from the topic of the day and show some love for a guy named Jim Lewis, who is uh, leaving our company. He was on uh, the previous hour uh, in for Scott Beatty today, but Jim has been here for almost 25 years as operations manager, and tomorrow will be his last day with the company. He and uh, his family are moving to Kentucky at some point, and he's a guy that, if you looked up the definition of glue guy mm-hmm. in the dictionary, you'd see a picture of Jim Lewis. He's the Andres Felice of... Uh-huh. Uh, the News Gazette and DWS and all the radio operations. And uh, he, he does all the little things that you don't necessarily realize until he's not there. On the radio side, he knows how to do everything that needs to be done. You got a question? You called Jim Lewis. And uh, he will certainly be missed. His duties will be spread around. But uh, I've, been, I've worked with Jim for 20 years, and I said uh, he's been here almost 25 and best of luck to uh, Jim Lewis and his family and their new adventure. He's a local guy from Muhammad, been around here in Champaign County mostly all of his life. And uh, it'll be a nice, fun, fruitful adventure for he and his family, we hope. And he's, he's just great, too, because he doesn't come off anyway. He just goes about the job and, and does things the right way. He's not braggadocious. He's very humble and uh, just a guy that goes up shows up to work every day and, and does the job to the best of his ability and again I, I i echo what steve said and just wish nothing but the best for him and his family and, and their new adventure wdws champagne urbana five thirty is the time monday night sports talk is the show until six bob osmussen with us in the studios let's talk a little bit about baseball we can get back to football and we certainly want to talk some illinois basketball as well but something that caught my eye today uh, regarding baseball uh, some programs, as you might guess, some teams have had some positive um, test results. But Ryan Zimmerman of the Washington Nationals, the world champion Washington Nationals, announced today that he has decided to take a pass on the 2020 season, citing three young children, including a newborn and uh, a mother who is susceptible to those kind of things. So he is not going to play. Yeah, and uh, earlier in the day today, too, uh, Mike Leake, uh, pitcher with the Diamondbacks, obviously pitched for the Cardinals and, mm-hmm. and Reds and Mariners at other stops in his career, also said that he's not planning on on playing in the 2020 season. Uh, we saw that last week in terms of Corey Bradford opting out of the, the basketball tournament for the, the House of Pain because his wife is uh, due to give birth uh, in, in late in sometime in August, so he doesn't want to risk the the possibility of getting COVID nineteen, and you just have to respect the the players. And in, in regards to that, that's completely up to their decision. And if they choose not to to play in these games, I don't think any fan has the right to be upset or angry at them for opting over their own personal health and and their own choices. They're they're realizing the sacrifices they're making and and the money they're giving up and the opportunity to to play with their teammates and try to you know, win a World Series or a championship, anything like that. So I, I expect you're going to see probably a few more uh, baseball players and, and other athletes uh, elect not to play, and, and that's their, their right. They, they can choose to do so. There are a couple of players. I think Steve Trout might be one of them, or Mike Trout, rather. Steve Trout, he pitched for the Cubs, didn't he? He did. 
uh, Mike Trout, his wife is expecting, I think, sometime during what would be in season. So that's that's certainly a... It'd be scary. It I mean, you really would. And I'm, I'm, I'm with Matt. I don't regret any of these guys doing whatever they have to do. And the game will be will survive. I, I think Ryan Zimmerman, obviously, important part of the Nationals last year and, and beyond. But I think the game will go on. They'll be fine. And, again, they have to make personal choices. You have young kids. It'd be pretty – again, I'm, I'm the last one to say anything. I've been working at home for three months. So I, I can't say – I would never be critical anyway uh, for taking health over you know, your profession. It doesn't make any sense. You said five words there that I think are very appropriate now. The game will go on. The game will go on. I understand that. But will it go on this year? I hope so. Will they get through? Scott, what do you think? Uh, what are the odds of – them number one getting started is still a month away before they actually play any games we haven't seen the schedules even yet yeah well it's um fitting you know we were talking about this because i got a chance to talk with joey gerber earlier today mm-hmm. former illinois closer i just got added to the mariners 60 player camp roster which means he's got a shot right you know, at the the major league team um and he was you know talking about he, he feels confident that i mean they're going to get started you know players uh, will report uh, in Seattle at least on Wednesday, and then practices will resume on Friday, I believe. Uh, so he's confident about that. But then you know he said, I mean, if there's a a spike in cases or you know in certain areas or just maybe you know across the country that you know, he felt Major League Baseball would probably you know reflect that, and it'd be tough to get a season in. So I mean, there's we can all I mean. Major League Baseball is supposed to come back July 23rd. Uh, it's on the schedule, but I think until July, July 23rd hits, uh, there's no guarantee that it's That's about happen. a week before the NBA is supposed to come back. So. Well, and Major League Baseball, too, is going to provide a, a nice sort of test case for what college sports, especially college football, can look towards what Major League Baseball does in the first few weeks of its season because the travel is going to be – not as extensive as it normally would be during the season, but there's going to be travel. They're not going to be like in the NBA where they're all down in Orlando and kind of a self-isolated bubble as best they can. There's going to be players getting on planes and going to different cities and how that affects it. And again, you think back to a college football season here in Champaign for the Illini, that they're going to travel. Illinois, the way the schedule's set up right now, they're not going to leave Champaign until early October when they go to Rutgers for the first scheduled uh, away game of the year for for Lovey Smith's program, but that's a good way to just kind of see how they monitor everything and how they handle all the situations and all the different elements that come up. When you think about UConn, right now Connecticut is not letting in people or the states, right, from uh, places that have high incidents of mm-hmm. disease. So is UConn going to want to send their team here and have their guys come here for a couple of days? I, I it's, wouldn't be surprised if they say, well, let's not do that. Let's come up with another plan. So somebody suggested to me a couple of days ago that the non-conference games could be in danger, not just here but across the country. And the concern of that, of course, is there are a lot of great games, but I just wrote, this, wrote this tomorrow. Ohio State, Oregon, it's sort of like the, the game of the year, or non-conference game of the year, sure. certainly. Second week of the season in Eugene, that game is going to determine a lot. But then Grant's game of things, 
I love sports. I want sports to happen, but I don't want anybody to get sick for it. So maybe maybe that's what you sacrifice. You say, well, let's not travel across the country. Let's keep everybody local. But somebody's got to have to travel. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's there's inter-squad games here. You know, like plays 12 games against ISU. Somebody has to travel. Yeah, and then uh, going back to just the competition aspect of it, that's hopefully when sports get back. You know, Major League Baseball is going to be interesting to see because let's say uh, X number of players test positive for the test. Okay, is that your starting shortstop, second baseman combination for that day? How does that affect it? And then football, let's say a starting quarterback at a Power 5 school get test positive the week before the game and is backup. How do you manage that? I mean, if that happens to you a, play your third string quarterback. That's, thanks, thanks, Scott. Appreciate that. Isaiah Williams, come on down. <laughs> He's probably the backup for the Atlanta. Yeah, but in, in just that's going to just shift how the the season plays out. And, and Bob, you kind of touch on it a little bit in, in your column tomorrow. You could see a program that goes into the college football season highly ranked, you know, right? To Clemson or Alabama, and if they have a few key players test positive and aren't able to play, that just you know, there's so many layers to this that it's just going to be very intriguing to to see it all. All play out. Trevor Lawrence, if he's not in the game for Clemson, they're my preseason number one. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming Trevor Lawrence is going to play. I'm assuming Etienne is going to play. I'm assuming all those guys are going to play. <coughs> they don't play, sorry. I'm not going to. That changes how you feel about them and changes the reality. Again, though, not all that important. And it's important to everybody in Clemson, of course, and important to everybody who loves college football like I do. But it's not more important than health. Sure. Then how do you uh, you get into how do you rank a team that, oh my. that, that, maybe, that maybe has some players affected or has a game canceled because Connecticut or somebody from far away decides they don't want to travel. Right. So that game gets canceled. You don't have a chance to, to blow somebody out to, to pad your stats. Yeah, so, no. Again, in the big picture, that's not important, but it's stuff that will have to be no, dealt with. And it's something Scott will have to deal with during basketball season, too. If this continues, which it could, November's not that far away, right? Sept- we keep talking about September. November's right around the corner, too. So it's, what, six months from now or four, four months? Uh, four months. Keep, thank you, four months no from now. No problem, Pope. So November's coming, too, in Illinois basketball. Again, coming off great season, they have the same questions. Scott's already asked and answered about a million <laughs> Illinois basketball <laughs> questions, and we're still several months away. That, I enjoyed uh, your piece yesterday about that. Thank you. And uh, we haven't talked, you and I haven't talked at least on the air, about uh, Brandon Lieb, the uh, recipient of the 13th scholarship on uh, this year's roster. Tell us more about him, seven-footer from Deerfield. Well, I think uh, – Whirlwind recruitment probably sums it up. How about the that best. week, huh? Yeah. Um, well, because he had become pretty comfortable with the idea that he was going to reclassify to 2021 mm-hmm. and go to a prep school. And then essentially a week after he announced that decision, uh, a bunch of schools started offering him for 2020. Um, it was you know, mostly mid-majors to start. Uh, and then you know, the first time major offer he got was from Lon Kruger in Oklahoma. And that maybe opened the floodgates. Uh, Oklahoma State offered Utah. And then, you know, last week, uh, Chen Coleman called him on Monday. Uh, Illinois offered on Tuesday. I think they did the Zoom on Wednesday. By Thursday, he was committed, and uh, which is just crazy. You think about, but uh, 
It was like how you started working here at the News Gazette. Same for you, Bob, right? Same for me. Just whirlwind. Bob was heavily recruited, though. Yeah. Not, not, when I went to Ames, funny story, I literally went in for the interview and got down with the interview. Before the interview was open, the two bosses left the room, came back and offered me the job. Pretty nice. Good said, job. I said, yeah, I'll come. Sure. A five-star recruit. I was like, I was like, no star. Uh, but Brandon Lieb, uh, he's uh, probably a year or two away. Uh, and yeah, the... Well, this is still to be determined, but if Kofi Coburn comes back, uh, that means Illinois does not have to play Brandon Lieb this coming season, and he can redshirt, which um, is you know probably necessary. And you know he, when I talked with him, like he said he's already had those conversations with the coaching staff. I mean, that's the plan, mm-hmm. is because yeah, I mean they don't make a lot of seven footers, but he's also not a seven footer of the Kofi vein, where he's coming to Illinois, um, maybe not quite as physically ready. Well, Wisconsin's had pretty good luck of plucking guys like that out of the state of Illinois and turning them into pretty good basketball players. Yeah, so, so I, who knows? Maybe he's the next Ethan Happ, Frank Kaminsky. Uh, I don't think anyone knows right now because you know his game. I mean, he was a six foot three high school freshman and then graduated as a seven foot senior. So his body and his game have changed drastically in the last four years. And like when you grow that much, like you can't keep up with it hardly. So. I think he's probably stopped. What I imagine, I don't think he's going to get much taller. Um, you never know, I suppose. But I'm still waiting for my <laughs> my growth. Spurt. I mean, this will give him a chance to work with Adam Fletcher, put on good weight, and you know, be more ready, you know, to play at the Big Ten level physically. And then just with his game, he also needs more development, you know, to to be at that level. Okay, you mentioned Kofi. Five weeks from today is August third. Okay. So that's how much time that uh, Kofi and Io have and a few hundred other guys that put their name into the, the NBA draft. They've got that, that much time at, in which to uh, make a decision. You hear anything? I mean, nothing really uh, other than what has kind of been from the beginning where Io Dosumu is very determined to be on an NBA roster next year, and that that is his goal. Uh but the door is left open, just the tiniest crack necessary sure. for he, for him to come back to Illinois. And with with Kofi Coburn, I mean, he's still you know getting some feedback, but and you know what that feedback might be, uh, I'm not sure because he hasn't spoken uh, since. I think I think we talked with him maybe the day before Illinois left for the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. Um. So that was I think March like 11th. <laughs> I think maybe it was the tenth because they were an in they were in India on the eleventh. They left the you talked to them on the eleventh that morning. That morning, yeah, and they then, left, and then everything started <laughs> happening. We were all packed in a room. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, hindsight being what it is, <laughs> right. uh, but his best option probably is to return to Illinois. Kofi's is, uh, but and I think Bob, you probably said this a few times. All it takes is one. All it takes is one. Yeah, Somebody one, like one team to say, okay, we like the idea of a seven foot, two hundred ninety pound center that is going to be pretty physically dominant in the post, and then Illinois is made without its two best players from last year. But as guys like yourself and other guys around the country that like to evaluate the upcoming college basketball season, there's a lot of range of where Illinois could be rated 
depending on what those two guys do. Yeah, the initial plan with that Sunday project, Steve, was for Scott to rank all, what, 357 Division One basketball teams. Is that still coming? No, okay. because it's impossible to do I so can't. right now uh, because you don't know who's coming back because if that were the case, you'd have maybe two set of rankings where, okay, this is Illinois with Iowa DeSumo and Kofi Coburn coming back. Right. They're a, it's not a stretch to say they're a top 10 team in the country, and then, okay, this is Illinois without – they're two best players coming. Well, out. then, but then you'd have to do this is Illinois with Io back, but not <laughs> right. Kofi. Right. Kofi back, but not Io, yeah. and then multiply that by however many teams are still waiting. This is know. Illinois with the addition of Brandon Lieb. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> thankfully the uh, the idea for that June college basketball project changed because, like, I had started to think about ranking one through three fifty seven, and, and you got a headache and called me and told me to change it. It was, I mean, I just. I would have gone into it knowing I would have been mostly wrong. So that's maybe not a great place to start from. But uh, Sports writers are never wrong, Scott. Well, I, I feel like always, always wrong. Just, I feel like I'm always I'm right in the moment, then Bob's things, then things happen. We're just misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, one thir- what, in the middle of 130 in football, which obviously is a third of what Scott would have had to do, I was cursing Matt's name a lot. No problem. That, and that happens on a daily basis. I'm no, sure. no, it really rarely happens. It was like sitting there about number sixty. I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I almost gave up. I almost threw my hands in the air. But then I said, I got nothing else to do. I can do this. So <laughs> five forty-five. Okay. Monday night sports talk. Need to take a break. We'll do that and be back with more after this. Stay with us. Five forty-seven here on DWS Monday night sports talk. Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, yours truly Steve Kelly, with you until 6. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Got a caller off the air, Matt Daniels, Mr. Sports Editor. Love these questions. Ask the question of when will the newspaper, the News Gazette, start running box scores again? He mentioned, or they mentioned, don't know if it was a he for sure, uh, three PGA events and no box scores on those. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously before the, the pandemic hit, uh, we had almost a full page, uh, three-fourths of a page devoted to what we call agate, uh, which is all the the box scores, the, the standings, uh, you know, everything like that. And, uh, you know, since the pandemic started, we just didn't, we didn't have that uh, page, obviously, because nothing was going on for quite some time. Um, you know, I think we'll... Once the baseball season roll starts rolling around here in about three weeks or so, uh, we'll start having some box scores from from those games because I think obviously people are are missing that aspect. And um, you know, PGA just again I haven't had this question posed to me before, so just kind of free flowing the information right now off the top of my head. Since we don't have a Monday paper anymore, and, mm-hmm. and the golf wraps up on on Sunday, don't know kind of the uh, you know putting them in Tuesday's paper. I know we did that a little bit before the pandemic hit, just like with the top 10 uh, for the few uh, PGA events that went on in, in January and February. We can obviously try to do that again. I know when golf started back up uh, about a month ago, we ran kind of the top 10 leaderboards uh, you know, for those first few rounds at the, the first tournament down in Fort Worth uh, a couple weeks ago. So Agate will come back when all sports come back, and you know, it's it's kind of a – day-by-day thing i mean we've had to adapt our coverage you know these last four months you know summer months are always interesting times and sports departments for uh, especially being in a college town like this where there's no pro sports going on and 
I joke about it with Bob and Scott all the time where it's kind of like, hey, it's, let's create your own centerpiece today for the, the sports cover. And, and we're kind of in day 110 or whatever. Of, let's create your own centerpiece for, for the, the sports section when there's no live sports going Talk on. Talk a little bit about the process of an agate page oh, yeah. and, and, and the personnel that it takes. Mm-hmm. Some things I can see like Major League box scores. Probably yeah. you can import those mm-hmm. somehow. But if you're talking about local high school box scores and things like that, somebody physically has to, to compose yeah, and, those, and, right? and we've had to adapt our operation here in, in the last seven to eight months or so. Um, you know, after Community Media Group came forth as our, our new owners and, and took owner, took control of the company in uh, November, and because of manpower, uh, we kind of made the decision, especially just in terms of the uh, high school box scores uh, that used to be in the paper for for basketball and uh, baseball and things like that. Uh, we just didn't have the manpower. Uh, you know, it, it was a determination of, okay, do you want to have a, a prep roundup where we had a whole slew of, uh, you know, highlights from each basketball game and wrestling meet and uh, swimming meet and things like that in this winter? Or do you want to see, uh, you know, very minuscule type listing out the results? And all of us in this room have, you know, shot agate before. That's kind of the the vernacular to to describe it and it's a cumbersome tedious process and you know i started here seven eight years ago we had six seven people on a friday night in the winter just devoted to typing up box scores and making sure the agate page and as the years have gone on the numbers have unfortunately slowly dwindled as newspapers across the country have dealt with you know how to best approach and keep the business functional operational and um, you know, I've shot plenty of agate in these last year or so, and uh, it's a it's a tedious process. It's not just something like for a major league baseball box score that come in through the wire and you just do a little formatting. Sure. Again, there's still some tweaking that has to right. be done. It's like you can't just copy and paste it and put it on the page and it's good to go. You have to do some formatting with the fonts to make it all all look right. So it's uh it's not just a simple you know two three minute operation you're talking five six hours or so of you know that's your only thing you're focusing on is is getting that on the page and obviously there's a a lot more elements and and stories and things like that throughout the the sports section all right scott ritchie who's the best high school basketball player in the country that's a loaded question because well he's he's in the news today well so that one yeah yeah (laughs) Because, I mean, there's arguments we made for other players. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Emily Bates, uh, is class of 2022 recruit uh, from Ypsilanti, Michigan. Uh, number one player in the 2022 class. Uh, best high school recruit since LeBron James is sort of the the thing that gets said about him a lot, uh, although he more physically resembles Kevin Durant, just mm-hmm. a super long, lanky athlete. Uh, committed to Michigan State, um, which his recruitment's been – really strange because Michigan State is about the only school that recruited him because you know the idea is the NBA is going to change its draft rule you know where high schoolers mm-hmm. can go s- straight from high school to the pros and kind of the idea that's been tossed around is that's going to happen with the, the 2022 class being the first to take advantage of that it's maybe going to happen still yet to be determined so yeah, the idea was he was never going to go to college anyway so teams didn't recruit him that hard uh, Tom Izzo did and got a commitment from him today. So now they just got to hold on to that for yeah. for two years. He's only going to be a junior coming yeah, up. Uh, he, I saw him play in person last spring after his freshman year. Uh, it was his UIBL team against 
uh, Bronny James, and uh, Dad was in the building over in Westfield, Indiana, you know, LeBron James. So that was uh, a scene all by itself, but you know, Emily Bates is legit talented. Like, I mean, he was just that much better than all the other similar age players on the court. Um, so, yeah, he's really good, and yeah. Uh, I think the rest of the Big Ten is probably hoping the NBA changes its rules so he never winds <laughs> up at any Lansing. We have hit 555. We'll take our final break and be back with some final words. These guys will tell you what uh, kind of stories they're working on in the uh, week ahead. Stay with us. Back with more on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS after this. A couple of minutes before 6 o'clock, Monday Night Sports Talk is with you. Scott Richie's going to tell us what he's been working on and what we might see coming up this week, basketball-wise, my friend. Well, the latest episode of Inside Alina Basketball is available now, episode uh, 106, which is crazy to think. I've been doing that for two years. Um, and oh. then uh, in tomorrow's Music Gazette, you know, like I mentioned, I got a chance to talk with Joey Gerber on Zoom, because that's where my life exists now. But uh, <laughs> So uh, interesting, kind of his, you know, how his career's gone uh, in pro baseball, uh, kind of on a, a rise, really. Just this is just his third year, and like I said, he has a chance to make the the Mariners roster in a pandemic, at least. Um, so did that, and then also uh, I talked with Chris Thomas and Riley Hinton from Illinois Volleyball at the last week about the, the video they did on on race and, and racial inequalities. But also talked to them about their return to campus because they returned to campus today. Bob, what about you? I got a column coming up tomorrow on the polls, how they're going to be done. But it happens. I talked to Nathan Baird, former Danville, from Salt Fork grad. He talked to me about it. He uh, covers Ohio State. Matt, keep cracking the whip on these guys. Do my best, Steve. You're doing a good job. Thanks. Appreciate it. When you know exactly how many days it's been since, <laughs> <laughs> since there's been no sports, you're on top of things. Thanks. Appreciate it, Steve. Coming up uh, Saturday, Saturday is a holiday, the 4th of July, but Lauren Tate and I will be here with Illini Pella's Saturday Sports Talk. Hope you join us then. For Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, thanks to Ed Bond as well. This is Steve Kelly, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a good night, everybody.